to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. So today I want to teach on a topic I have entitled daily daily spell it the way you feel like spelling it and check on your neighbor's spelling so I've entitled the topic daily imwe nati topic yalelo Daily. <laughs> okay, daily. Okay. And I want us to think about the concept of destiny. Destiny. When you think about destiny, what comes to mind? So this is the part where if you didn't know your neighbor's name or if you're seated, like the way that row is seated, where one there, the other one there, which is what I was trying to avoid, then you might want to change that. So this is that part where you ask your neighbor what the term destiny means to them. Have a 30 second chat. What does destiny mean to you? When you hear destiny, what do you think about? Okay, what have they said? What have they said? Purpose in life? Wow. What have they said? Okay. This side, what did your neighbor say? What did your neighbor say? They are trying to explain, right? Semantics. What did your neighbor say? How many of you, your neighbor gave you a good answer? <laughs> How many of you, your neighbor gave you an answer in tongues? Like, <laughs> the tongues need interpretation. And how many of you, your neighbor can do better? <laughs> okay, now, 
I feel like there are certain words that we play with or that we use that we don't really know what they mean. So for example, if I was to say, discuss with your neighbor what is purpose, some people will say the exact same stuff they said about destiny. And then if I'm to ask what is your assignment, some people will say the exact same stuff they said about now, let me just mention that destiny is not necessarily a good word. It's a word. It can be either good or bad. Destiny is simply where you're going. Destiny, destination. Yeah, so where you're supposed to go. Now, remember this. Um, the way God has designed things on earth, and this is something that I'll be teaching, there's a part of this that I'll express I'm just trying to remember why he told me to express it, but it's either at Unza Dominion Night or Kasama, I think it's Kasama Dominion Conference. There'll be something I'll be explaining about one of the things God has committed to us. And one of the things he's committed to us is an opportunity to create realities for ourselves. How can I put it? God in his sovereignty has allowed human beings to create certain things for themselves. Do you remember how God rested on the Sabbath and he rested after he had created man? Interestingly, one of the reasons why I believe God rested is from that day he now left creation to man. From that time man has been creating and creating and creating and creating in more ways than one. And one of the things is this area of destiny. Even if a destiny is written for you by God, you can decide which reality of it to experience. That's why Joshua was told, okay, here are, the certain, here are certain things. If you're going to do these things, your way will be prosperous. He wasn't told your way will be prosperous just because. So we've got opportunities to create realities. And of course, we've got the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, I would like to mention, ladies and gentlemen, that if your destiny, because our destiny then flows into eternity, right? Into eternity, which is, let's, let's just call it the time after our time on earth. So our time on earth is within this thing that we call time. I've used the same word twice. Here on earth, we are under the guidance or under the, we express ourselves through this thing called time. And then time has got an advantage that, I, I just talk, eh? we'll go on. Time has got an advantage that uh, eternity, not eternal life, two different things. Time has got an advantage that eternity doesn't have, which is, in the realm of time, you can change things. Meaning, in the realm of time, your destiny can change. Now, one would want to think that from the time they're a kid, their destiny has been set in stone, right? Because we see that with Jeremiah. Jeremiah, God tells him, since you are in your mother's womb, I ordained you and the like. But are we really sure that's the case with everybody else? Was Isaiah really ordained in his mother's womb? 
or maybe for him it was chapter 6, when he said, send me. Could it be that for him the send me provoked a response? Could it be that for Saul, it was when the people decided they wanted a king, and then one day he loses his donkey and he meets Samuel, and Samuel says, on whom is all the desire of Israel? And in that moment, his destiny changed, and his destiny then became to be king, and his generations to be king. And then he made certain decisions in that he decided to not obey an instruction he was given, and he got some of the spoils, and God said, this day, when he tore Samuel's robe, God, Samuel said, this day, the kingdom has been taken from you. Meaning that day his destiny changed. And then suddenly, one day God goes to David, no, goes to Samuel and says, why are you weeping over so? I found another guy. <laughs> I found another guy. And that's how David comes in the picture. And then David himself had certain aspects of his destiny altered by certain decisions he made. For example, you know David had to pay the price for the Bathsheba issue. Have you seen in the scriptures that one of the prices he had to pay was his son betraying him. But God in his mercy chose the other child he had with Bathsheba to be king. Who also had certain things that then altered destiny. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is this. I'm not trying to make you confusing. What I'm saying is that thing that people believe that you can just sit and then the wind will just blow you and then one day you just wake up and you're so great. There are a lot of old people who are not necessarily great. As a matter of fact, sometimes when you speak to most people who are older, the biggest thing they communicate is regret because there are certain ways their destiny could have gone a certain direction but some decisions they made or decisions others made for them. Which is why I teach on the value of decisions. Now, if decisions you make now can affect your eternity, how much more your time on earth? So I'm teaching on a topic called daily, because what I'm trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is that your destiny, and by the way, it's in doing your destiny well that purpose comes in, because purpose is at all stages. I, okay. No, don't worry. We'll break it down very soon. I did, actually did, in the year 2019 or 2018, I did a whole series on purpose, assignment, destiny. You were there, right? I even used PowerPoint. We, I used to face that side. We used to face this side. Purpose. Do you remember that? I explained what purpose is. I explained what assignment is. For example, you know that there are certain people who have missed their purpose because they are trying to do tomorrow's assignment today. Let me give you an example. And also God's idea of graduations are very different from ours. Sometimes his ideas of promotions are very different from ours. Let me give you an example. Imagine you're in grade seven, and you see yourself being one of the best uh, scientists in the world, and rather than studying what is, cause what is pollination, I think the first question in my grade seven, the first question in my science grade seven exam was what is pollination? So now, rather than studying what is pollination, 
you're studying on quantum physics without knowing what pollination is. And then you get 200 in grade seven, and then all you say is school is a scam, education is a scam, and the like. And yet, there was something you were supposed to do at a particular stage and you're not doing it, and then you can end up blocking what you really want to do at a later stage. So that's, <laughs> that's how assignments and purpose works. I can tell you a lot of stories about this. I was doing almost my entire time at university in first and second year, I was preaching to people, but I wasn't, for lack of a better term, one of the known preachers in school because I was doing it one-on-one. -on -one. And what I would do is that when I would lead people to Christ, I would find any Bible-believing fellowship and I would take them there. So for two years, I supplied fellowships and churches. In third year, God had spoken to me about WEM. And in third year, we started our WEM fellowship as well at the University of Zambia. When I was about to be done at Onza, I had a dream. And we used to have our WEM meetings from a hall called Siwela Hall. Now, at that, at that point, my pathway in ministry, how I thought it would be, is I thought I would be like Zambia's professional guest speaker. I knew my calling was fully ministry, but what I thought was, the moment I'm done, I'll be all over the world. For you to see me, and there's a challenge. So you won't be, I'll be, I'll be rare. <laughs> and as I was heading towards the end of fourth year, there's this woman of God that prophesied to me. And she told me, God is saying he's waiting for you to be done with school. And the moment you're done with school, it's something special that he wants to do with you. I was like, here goes. <laughs> Few months before I was done with school, during my study break, while everyone else was studying, I was in South Africa. At a conference. That's what study breaks were for. <laughs> I remember I received a message from someone. We are concerned about you. <laughs> You've got exams coming up, to be fair. If I was going to have a ministry engagement, I would study a lot in advance. So then, I'm thinking that's the path. And then I have this dream. We used to use Siwela Hall, like I said. Then I have this dream that, I mean, I, I could tell I was in the next year. Then I have this dream that I'm in the next year. And then in the next year, I am preaching at Siwela Hall. I woke up and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to fail. I thought that's what it meant. So I'd fall and then I'd fight back for my position as chairperson, which I'd already handed over. <laughs> and then, as destiny had it, I went from that to pastoring four, five, six people. And God considered that as you've now stepped up. Because there were a few differences between conferencing and pastoring. I'll tell you one of them. Conferences got me very used to very quick results. Like your only interaction with people is, yes, what happened over there? Powerful. What happened over there? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> what about over there? <laughs> oh, glory to God. Now, pastoring, I'm not saying pastoring got me used to slow results, but it made me learn how to 
stand with someone. I'll give you an example. At Dominion Conference, you saw the healing that uh, Chishimba got, right? Now, Chishimba had that challenge, I think, one week after she joined our ministry or something. One or two weeks. And the part that pe- people may see the... And, and I had a knowing that Dominion Conference, something will happen and she'll be healed. But then the part that people won't see is the phone calls. How are you doing today? Oh, you know, today the leg is like this. And the next day, how are you doing? And you, you intercede with all your heart, and sometimes you call the next day and it's worse. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the part that I didn't learn, which I only learned through pastoring, in the sense that pastoring taught me to, where I can say, okay, I'm going on a fast for two weeks, because that person's life needs to change, and they don't know that I'm doing that. Whereas with conference, I would be, okay, I'm going on a fast for two weeks, because the conference has to be powerful. <laughs> And then later on, I learned how to combine both. So what I'm saying is that destiny has got quite a number of stages. But your sum total is made up of a million todays. Let's say that again. The sum total of your time on earth is made up of a million todays. It's never made up of a tomorrow. Because even for you to experience tomorrow, it will have to become today, right? So it's never made up of tomorrows. Some of you here may even be planning what you'll have for breakfast tomorrow. The fact that you've planned it doesn't mean you're eating it right now. You eat it when it's the day called today. That's when tomorrow will come and you'll be in the tomorrow. So the sum total of your destiny is a million todays. Millions and millions todays. And if you learn how to handle today's, you will not have challenges with other stuff. Jesus gives us this principle when he says, don't worry about tomorrow, let it worry about itself. And he says each day has its own challenges. So meaning if you don't learn how to fight today, chances are high you'll not be able to fight tomorrow. So imagine you, you see yourself being this Perhaps you've seen that your destiny involves being this speaker, this person who speaks in various platforms, right? Various platforms. But then as it stands today, and I'm not saying this to demean you, as it stands today, you've got challenges with your pronunciation of words. Perhaps where there's R, you put L. Where there's L, you put R. Now, unless by a divine miracle, you not wake up one day and you're speaking the Queen's English, you actually have to practice it. If that's in line with your, if it's important for your destiny that you have to speak well, then you have to practice it today, not tomorrow. Everyone is energetic for tomorrow. Just ask students. They all tell you, ah, exam period, I'll study. As a matter of fact, if someone, have you ever met, have you ever met a person who's at a rough semester? Like, like when someone has barely made it. Have you ever met, met a person who's barely made it? Like, where they're just slightly above sea level for them to make it. <laughs> Have you ever heard how motivated they sound? First, before the results come out, they'll be, oh God, I know last time I wasn't the best. But next time, God, if you can just help me this one time. Those, I've heard of your miracles, so if you can just help me. Next semester. And then when the next semester comes, have you ever heard people at the beginning say, 
Anyway, this semester, the way I was, people won't know me this semester. <laughs> eh? The way I'll be sleeping in the library. I'll be the one opening the library in the morning, closing the library at night. How come it doesn't really happen? Have you ever heard somebody say, 2023, I'll be prayerful? As in, <laughs> the heavens will be shaking. There is a way the heavens will shake because of my prayer life. Have you ever heard such a thing? And then you find that we're in May. Actually, we're in June. Half the year gone. And you find your prayer life is worse than you were before. Because it's one thing to be motivated by tomorrow. But let me tell you something. If you want to be great, if you want to have a great destiny, get up today. <laughs> and do things today. Praise God. You know, all that was just... Eh. And then you want to be capacity building. <laughs> anyway. Okay, let's look at something. So now, I want us to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that destiny is a journey. Let's just look at a few scriptures. Psalm 84, verse 5. Blessed is a man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. So our destiny is a pilgrimage. It's a journey, right? But then, it's Psalm 84, please. Psalm 84 and verse 5. Prasumbula, pamo. So, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. I think verse 6, I haven't got it in my notes, but I think if I remember well, it says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, Baca means weeping. They make it a spring, the rain covers it with pools. Meaning, as they are on this journey, there are times they will have to pass through these valleys of weeping. They'll have to pass through these valleys which are not the best. But then there is a way they leave that valley. They turn it into something of joy, into something of... Let me tell you something. It means that if you're really going to be on this pilgrimage, you're going to have to face some challenges. You're going to have to solve some problems. You're going to have to deal with some issues. You can't just have every day, everything goes just like this. How will you enjoy life? How, how will the angels have entertainment without watching you solve a few issues here and there? And you know, when you're in the middle of it, it sounds crazy. But afterwards, you know, um, I'll tell you this. I don't like what happened with the whole COVID-19 stuff, right? And it was one of the hardest periods to be a pastor. One of the hardest periods. First, you're dealing with members who are afraid. That's number one. And then, <laughs> yeah, first I was dealing with members who are afraid. And then also, you're seeing these statistics, you're seeing this, you're seeing this. It was a period where I felt like, and then worse off for me was like in the healing ministry. It's like you question every, you have to go through every question. So, you have to have faith first for yourself. <laughs> then you also have faith for others. But then what helped me was first that cholera period. Do you remember that cholera period? Where cholera became wild in Zambia. <laughs> and then we couldn't even have church because of cholera. Do you remember that one? I even preached the same one in my office. I forgot what the sermon was about. And then the next time I was doing a sermon in Premier Hotel, the army even came in. Me, I'm seated, I'm just being told, the army is here. Okay, the army was told to patrol. I'm just being told, the army is here. I'm like, that's a child, man. 
about it. I'm like, I'm like 22. I'm like at 22, 23. I'm told the army is here. I don't know what they've come for. And they were there in uniform with their weapons. Not weapons, the weapons of their warfare, which were not spiritual. <laughs> And do you know how I shook off the nervousness? I got to the front and I just got the guitar. And that's how I sang for the first time. All I want is... That's all I, I cared about in that moment. My relationship with you. Then I just got shocked at the end they were coming to me for prayers. I was like... Like, don't look at me like this. <laughs> there are other stories I just can't tell you. Because sometimes we've received calls from places in the nation, like places where maybe they can even send a vehicle of that institution to come pick you up. And you go there to pray for them and you're not permitted to say anything you saw or who you are called to go minister to. I'm telling you, <laughs> it gets interesting. But now, that period was funny because I'll never forget one of the days, my mind, that's when I learned you have to control your mind. One of the days, I'm standing in the living room, then I just felt my stomach go, grow. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, not me. <laughs> go on. <laughs> I said, Lord, it can't be. They should say, apostle friend. The whole apostle friend, his destiny. I know what happened. You see, there was a corner of pandemic. I was like, no, no, a thousand times, no. <laughs> you know, you have to learn. You know, destiny, when you have a consciousness of it, you know, it teaches you to fight. For David to say, I will live and not die. It means even if death came knocking, no. Why? Because I have to fulfill my purpose. I have to declare the works of the Lord. Praise God. But yeah, the COVID one came in, but I can tell you something. If, um, I, like for me as a post friend, I know the COVID one came at a very interesting period for us because if there was a period our numbers had really soared, it was just before that period. And then now I had to learn to fight from scratch. And then... I, am, I can tell you that I think I'm a thousand times better after fighting it. A thousand times better. Some things can't move me. Because that period, you had to have faith not to be moved. Now, you know, when you've been in the gym, like I usually, you know, and you've carried a hundred kg, when someone brings a 50 kg, you're like, only. So if you don't learn to face the challenges of your daily, you will never one day reach a point where they say, oh, Manja, you've reached your destiny. No, it will never happen. The Israelites, what really was their destiny? It was the promised land. Where did a lot of them end up? In the wilderness, going in circles. What was the major reason? They couldn't fight off 
First, the court had to make them use the long route because they were not brave enough to fight off certain people. Secondly, many of them, the Egyptians, which remained in the water, they still carried to my little Egyptians in their head, which would be their slave masters telling them what to do. That's why whenever there was a crisis, I would say, well, there are no graves in Egypt. Because they still had to my little Egyptian slave masters in their head. So you have to learn to deal with your daily. So as they pass through the valley of Bakha, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. And then what happens next? Where is their final destination? They go from strength to strength. So you can actually, the glory of God was not meant to move in reverse. So you can actually go from faith to faith. You should never have the day where you look back and you had more faith before than you do now. So you can go from faith to faith. You can go from glory to glory. You can go from strength to strength. You can't always be coming back to the heart of worship. If it happened once or twice, praise the Lord. But then if every day, I don't know where you go after, I, I don't, every day you have to come back because the other times you're in the liver and in the, and in the, but imagine a life where you go from strength to strength. I don't know if you're hearing me. You can't, every day you need to be revived. Every day you need to, how, how do you keep on dying? How do you keep on dying? A believer must be refreshed, but you can't keep dying and dying. And, and, and you know, I was telling, I think we were chatting with some of the people earlier. By the way, the advantage of coming early for setup is that I come to give extra sermons. So I was giving them an extra sermon. Those who are there shout, oh, oh. Yeah. So I was giving them an extra sermon, and I was saying, you know, one thing you have to be careful with the culture in the West right now, they're glorifying emotions a lot. A lot. And I was explaining, just listen to every, and I'm not even talking about worldly artists, listen to every Christian artist, ask them how they wrote that song. 2019, they're talking about the song they wrote in 2018. No, I was just going through a hard time. I was almost giving up on my faith. Ask them in 2020 about the song they wrote in 2019. I was just going through a hard time. I was about to take my life. Ask them in 2021 about the song they wrote in 2020. It was just, I was just, oh my God. What if I can tell you that you can go from strength to strength? Now, somebody may say, Pastor, that's not been my story. That, why do you think? That's why I'm not teaching you your story. I'm teaching you the word of God. Because, <laughs> listen, if I wanted your story to remain the same, would I have just been coming here telling just stories and telling you it's okay, it's all right, it's okay to not be okay, and stuff like that. But because I want you to align to the word of God, I'll teach you these words. Praise God. That's why, hey, I was a, <laughs> I, I was about to say something, but I'm supposed to teach it on July the 30th. Look, let it, what, what do you think what do you think Peter caught? That Jesus could ask a question. Jesus taught, you know what happened? Jesus had taught a hard sermon. Because initially the people wanted bread again physically. Then he says, no, I'm the bread of life. <laughs> okay? He taught that. In short, he was teaching them that you can now live a life where you can say, God is my how. People get offended when you make such statements. God is my how. Some guys are quite say, God is not our how. 
then the Bible tells us that the disciples left him. A lot of disciples left and said, this is a hard teaching. Now, imagine Jesus, his disciples left because he taught hard things. I've realized something. People love being in the comfort zone. They love being taught things they are comfortable with. A lot of people don't like hard teachings. And then afterwards, Jesus turns and says, and you guys also going. Jesus, how do you, your church is already reducing, you want, the, you want you to reduce more. He goes like, and you guys leaving as well. And Peter said, where can we go? You have the words of life. I'll tell you something. There's something the Lord told me about loyalty. You know what he said? If any person is loyal to you as a pastor, for any other reason, above, like placing this reason above, because sometimes, you know, people also just like you, you know, likable person. So now, <laughs> for, but if there's any reason that goes above the words that you teach, there'll be an imbalance in how you pastor them. The biggest thing that should connect us is the words that I'm teaching, because that's my biggest role in your life. That's my biggest role. Aside for me, the most disappointing thing is if I call for a meeting and you're not there. Because you find God had you in mind. Because that's the biggest thing. It's the biggest role. That's what Peter was loyal to. He said, where can I go? You have the words of life. Anyway, I'm still on my opening verse. <laughs> Aha. They go from strength to strength and each one appears before God in Zion. My friend, guess what? We've just settled the matter of your destiny. Can I tell you what we've just settled here? We've just settled first that none of you is going to uh, know he was a good man. Shan, shan, none of you is going to experience any of those things. As far as I'm concerned, when I've seen your life in the scriptures there, can I tell you what I've seen? I've seen that, yes, there'll be challenges, but there's something you'll do to them. Life won't happen to you. You'll happen to life. Ha Wait, did you see the verse? No, look at verse 6. Look at verse 6 again. They are the ones who happen to it. It says, as they pass through the valley of Bacha, they make it a spring. So this is what I've seen about your life. Then I've also seen that for you, you're not going to get weaker. You keep going from strength to strength. And then one day you just, boom. They'll just wonder, what has happened? No, no. I've appeared before God <laughs> in Zion. You just bulukira ku Zion. I know what happened. No, you overdid it on earth. What happened? No, the, the realm at which you walked with God, you reached Enoch level. So we've just, we've just brought you. I've just shown you your life. I've just, can I tell you what else I've shown you about your life? You won't have to be sick to go to heaven. Is that a hard teaching? Sometimes those are hard teachings, right? You know what I've just shown you? You won't even have old people's diseases. You go from strength to strength. 50, you are strong. 60, you are strong. 70, you are strong. 80, you are strong. 90, you are strong. 100, you are strong. 110, you are strong. Hallelujah! Now, here's the interesting part. I may be talking like this. Then somebody's listening to me and they're in their 20s. And perhaps there's a disease that's been fighting their body. Do you know what I've just done right now? I've disagreed with it. Yeah. Then you know what's going to happen? 
someone will have, something will have to change. Either the scriptures will have to change or the disease will have One of the two. And I can tell you the word of God is eternal. Hallelujah. Okay, let's continue. Second scripture. At 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. You will even know when you are done with your work on earth. That's the blessing God has given you. Now, we are talking about the daily aspect, right? So Hebrews 3.13. Let's read Hebrews 3.13. So I want us to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that today is a very important day. Today is a very important day. Hebrews chapter number 3. Verse 13, the Bible says, and perhaps we can read it together, one, two, three, go. But exhort one another daily, while it is still called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Exhort one another daily, while it is still called today. Hebrews 3, verse 7. One, two, three, let's read. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, what next? Uh-huh. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. I remember when I was uh, younger, and you know, when I share some of these stories, I think some people listen to me, you know what's going to happen? You have a lot of reason to thank God. I do as well. Because you, you'll be amazed how many days he's shown you mercy and saved you from. So when I was younger, uh, somebody that I knew, and he told me, you know what? Something had happened, and he says, I want to become a Christian like you. But just give me a bit of time. I want to enjoy girls a, few, a, a bit more. Those were his exact words. And just, I want to enjoy girls a bit. For, he wanted to have sex with girls a bit more. And I want to go clubbing a bit more. Unfortunately, one of the todays ended up being his last day. Some of you may be listening to me, and you've been hardened in your hearts. You know, I don't, you've got this feeling that, yeah, one day I'll stop this stuff. One day. I'll be a proper believer. That day should be today. It says today if you hear his voice. Some of you have, an, have, have had an opportunity to hear his voice calling you out of a certain lifestyle on another today, but you hardened your heart. But he is still, he's still showing you mercy. Don't, don't do that to yourself again. Praise God. Okay, now let me just say the things I wanted to say quickly. So now, Today is a very important day, and one of the ultimate secrets to success is to do the same things repeatedly until they become almost thoughtless. There are certain things that you must do in such a way that you don't even have to think about them. They become your natural reaction. And this happens by controlling your todays. So the, if you can establish certain habits today and you can regard every day as today. So somebody can come to me and say, Pastor, I've got a challenge. Say, what's your challenge? 
My challenge is that there's this habit that I think I can't stop. How often do you do it? I do it like so and so and so and so. Okay, is it possible for you to not do it today? Yes, it's possible. Okay? And then afterwards, don't do it today. And then don't do it today. And then don't do it today. The challenge is that someone will be telling themselves, hmm, five years, will I manage? It's because you're saying it as five years. So you're getting tomorrow's problems and you're lumping them on yourself today. Jesus, even, Jesus has told you, let tomorrow worry about itself. You just focus on today. Now, a few things that you must be careful about. You must be careful because if you don't learn how to handle your today, you might develop some bad habits. Let me give you some scriptures that show you some bad habits. 1 Timothy 5.13. In 1 Timothy 5, Paul is talking about widows, right? And these widows were people who were being put on the portion of... They were in a vulnerable position. And so Paul was saying, some of them, let them just go marry. They're not odd. Let them marry. And then he gave what would happen if they didn't. He said, besides... They learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house. Not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. Sometimes people are just bored. They, 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 they've just not set their days in such a way that there's something productive they're doing. So this was, maybe let's have NLT or something, or TPT. Let's have TPT. So he was talking about it. He says, some of these guys need something to do. So he says... Those widows who go around from house to house as busy bodies are only learning to be lazy, making their situation even worse by talking too much, gossiping, and speaking things they shouldn't. They become far too obsessed with empty things that will not bear good fruit. Why? Because they have nothing to do. So you may want to practice your todays properly. There are certain habits that you have to be careful about, otherwise you end up fulfilling certain scriptures. Like Proverbs 22, 13, the lazy man says, there is a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. Scripture, that's what, lazy people are very good at analyzing problems. <laughs> Have you noticed that you, oh, by the way, you can be educated and lazy. For example, you can be educated in business and you use that education to analyze why you can't have a thriving business in Zambia. And then somebody else doesn't know half the things you know. And they open a restaurant with one rice. <laughs> one rice, they open. <laughs> because at the end of the day, the earth responds to people who plant in it. Jesus, God said, well, the earth remains seed time and harvest. So somebody else is waking up, zero five, that's the way to, they're doing this. They'll have more money than the person who can just analyze. It's a fact. The lazy man says he's a lion on the streets. Praise God. Okay, let me go quickly into this. I've been saying that a lot, right? So there are certain things that should happen daily. And perhaps this is where I will ask you this question. And I want you to write down these things. 
I'll give you a minute to think. For now, think. Don't think while writing, just think. I want to see your thinking faces. Can I see your thinking faces? Give me your best thinking face. <laughs> Do you know, guys, you guys all have a thinking face. Um, when God, when I have more time, I, I have at times tended to lecture, right? Because that's something I am, I don't want to use the word passionate. Passionate is one thing, but I'm also qualified. <laughs> no, no, just, just for the sake of balance, and my students always pass. Now, whenever I'm dealing with students, have you noticed when you ask a question in class and you say, who in this class can define what a good policy is? The best way for people not to be pointed at is that they put on a thinking face. Like, <laughs> they give the face of, I'm thinking, don't disturb me. If you have to disturb me, you won't get a good answer. <laughs> and if you point at them, they give this look, but who's thinking? So give me that face that you give. So just give me the thinking face. So now, as you're thinking, here's the thought. What are some of the things you do every day, no matter the day? Write them down. Think, 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 think a bit first. What are five, six, seven things that no matter the day, I can click on any day. Let's say your life is a database or whatever. I can click on any day, and no matter the day, that thing happens. Or you happen to it, whatever. No matter the day, whether that day you've got a lot of money, it has to happen. Now write. You have one minute to write. Let me check on the ones online as you're writing. There's ever been a day where I've taught really powerfully. I should teach you every day, man. I now see why the Bible says daily. They did not stop because I'm enjoying myself. Okay. Have you written? Are you confident enough to show your neighbor it's okay? Did you only think about the good things, or have you thought about certain things that might need to be eliminated? Do you know that if you had to sit down and analyze, some of us might find, without knowing, we even have a timetable for worrying, like 18.30 to 19 hours. Come what may, you must worry. Come what may. And I'm not saying that to diss anyone. I noticed there was a period where when I would wake up suddenly, I would start overthinking. Have you ever noticed sometimes you overthink at night? Like I would start overthinking. So how would that turn out? How would that turn out? I noticed it wasn't healthy. So I said that I decided that if I wake up at that time suddenly, I would study a scripture. Because I noticed it wasn't helping. My mind was going too far.
okay, let's ask yourself daily, do you make time to pray? Luke 5.16 says, and he often withdrew himself in the wilderness and prayed. Now, Jesus had that 40-day stretch, remember it, right? Where he did 40 days and nights. Now, in the scriptures, we don't see him doing that again. So meaning, he then, but we know that he used to fast because he told the disciples, this guy needs prayer and fasting. And from this scripture, we can see that he used to pray. So meaning, there are certain things which you may be able to do at certain periods that you will not be able to do at other periods. Because Jesus didn't go on another 40 days. Because if Jesus went on 40, he only had three years to complete his ministry. If he went on another 40 days disappearing from everyone, we don't know what would have happened to Peter, James, John, Thomas especially. <laughs> he just left for three days and Thomas already needed to touch the hose. <laughs> so sometimes we've got this, let me use, we've got like this vacation mindset. Like where we believe that for us to achieve certain things at a certain time, we might need to lock ourselves away from everything else in the world and just try and maybe fully galvanize A, B, C, D. But life doesn't always offer you those opportunities. More often than not, you have to face Goliath head on. More often than not, sleeping on it doesn't necessarily mean you wake up and it's not there. That's why some people are lowering themselves in a life of alcohol where they believe when they're drinking, the problem stops existing. But then it grows bigger. And then another day has passed. And life can be that funny. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where um, you don't have that much money, right? And that's the day you don't feel like spending it. Let it just finish. <laughs> Whatever happens will happen. Let's just finish all the money. I mean, I'm down to this. I might as well just finish it. <laughs> okay. What I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, is sure, when the country calls for when we got our October, I've forgotten the day. Is it October 18th? How many of you actually pray and fast on October? I'm curious. October 18th. <laughs> I've never really said it as a law for the church, right? And then on my end, let's say, do I fast on October 18th? I think I do, just not up to 18th. I do that Kawan for, okay, I'm a man of God. How will it look? <laughs> But then, it's one thing to have that, but can you do it in your busiest period while you've got 52 assignments to hand in, your girlfriend is not happy because you've not been given attention. <laughs> How of you guys know what I'm talking about? Because <laughs> you only called her for one hour. And for you, you actually felt you really sacrificed. <laughs> no, what I mean is, in, 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 on such a day, let's say you've got such a day, will you actually make time to pray? Because I've realized anything, anything we find important, we make time for. Some of you here watch football. You make time for football. 
Sometimes you even multitask for the sake of football. I remember when I was doing my master's uh, stage one, the Euros were on, and by then, because the uh, timetable had been compressed, we were learning from 8 to 28 to 20. And then there was a match which they had like at 19.30. I think it was England versus some team, although England was horrible at that time. So now, the lecturer got shocked when he said, ha, ah, I think guys, we can be done early today. Then the very first words, <laughs> I, won't, I won't say whether it was me, a certain person, <laughs> and another person exchanged, was like, ah, you've noticed this one one, eh? Okay, like, how did these guys know it was one one? <laughs> and then Pastor Daniel told me a story, one time when he was at Ziali, Zambia was playing, and to the shock of the lecturer, he thought everyone was paying attention. Then all of a sudden, everyone said celebrating, <laughs> You guys know what I'm talking about. You do this at your workplaces. What I'm trying to say is anything that's important, you'll find a way to fit it into your busy schedule. So similarly, have you, do you make time to pray daily? Do you make time to study the word? Do you make time to learn? By learning, I, I put studying the word in its own category. Learning has put also in its own category. Second Peter 1.5, but for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. The Greek word used for knowledge there is not epignosis, so it's not talking about revelation. The Greek word used for knowledge is the word nosko, so it's talking about mental knowledge. That means that God also wants you to add mental knowledge to yourself. He actually wants you to learn. Learn about life, learn about how the world works, learn about this, learn about this, learn about this. They're saying, learn about profits, learn about losses, learn about subsidies, learn about the law, learn about... There are certain things that you'll be in a privileged position when you learn. Do you remember that time how the Apostle Paul got out of the situation? When he entered the place and then he noticed there were Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, he was learned enough to know that the Pharisees believed in the resurrection and he was learned enough to know that the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. And then he just stood up and said, I am a Pharisee. I am a child of the Pharisees. Then the Pharisees say, this man has done nothing wrong. And the Sadducees killed. So he turned them against each other because he was learned. Read the scriptures in Acts. He would know when to switch to Hebrew language, know when to switch to Roman. One point... He, Sometimes he would bring out his Jewish side. Sometimes he would say, I am a Roman citizen. Why? Because he learned how the world works. As a matter of fact, allow me to tell you that you may not fully understand the scriptures if you don't understand how the world works. Because when Jesus was teaching, he taught a lot about how the world works. The parable of the sower. What was that? When Paul is teaching spiritual warfare, what was, he, what was he talking about? He was talking about Roman soldiers. He described their warfare in our language. Breastplate. Have you, ever seen, you have you ever worn a breastplate? It was the Roman soldiers that he was describing, so the people of his day could understand. So make time to actually learn. Do you actually know what's going on in the world around you? How will you be an effective intercessor if you don't know what's going on in the world? You, you claim you want to be an intercessor for the world. How will you be effective if you don't know? You claim you have to dominate the mountain of business. Who's, who are the biggest businessmen right now? Apart from Sister Jane, who uh, sells Sally's in... Uh... <laughs> who else do you know apart from her? Apart from Brother Boyd, who uh, runs the shop, who else do you know? What I'm trying to say is that you must actually make time to learn. You must understand how the world around you works, otherwise you'll struggle. You have to know how the world works. 
Let me say it again. You actually have to know how the world works. I, I was telling the guys earlier, because they asked me, actually, it was birth of a conversation, so they asked me, how do you know quite a lot of things? I said, I know what's going on. Like in Zambia, for example, I know what's happening. <laughs> I know. No, I always make sure I'm out. I've got a certain time during the day where I catch up with what's happening in Zambia. I mean, I'm supposed to run this land. I might as well <laughs> spiritually. <laughs> I know what's happening in politics. I know what's happening in entertainment. Everyone is now wants to listen to a certain young guy with dreads. <laughs> yeah, I know about that. <laughs> so in case you sent your TikTok video... <laughs> I know about that. I think they're trying to replace another artist, and then they've forgotten about another artist, apparently. And then <laughs> I think one of the parties is about of a convention soon, and this and that and that. And that. I, I make sure I'm up to date with Zambia and a few other countries, and especially the countries that God has shown me that I will have a hand to play in. I'm up to date with those countries. I try my best. If tomorrow, that place you've really been wanting called you for an interview. Will you have the answers if they say, what's the vision of our organization? But you're on TikTok the whole day. You might as well go on their LinkedIn profile. <laughs> I mean, you know the latest TikTok trends, but you don't know the vision of the company that you want to hire you. No, one day I just want to work for the UN. And then they call you and they ask you, tell us five policies of the UN, you've got no idea. I don't know if you're hearing me. Make time to plan, Ephesians 3.20. Make time for work and to be productive. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3.10, if anyone will not work, neither shall we eat. Now, interestingly, they didn't say if anyone didn't have a job, he won't eat. So some of you may not have a job, that doesn't mean you shouldn't work. Find ways to be productive. Otherwise, you're sowing a bad seed into the world. Find ways to be productive. Don't just sit and do nothing. Find ways to be productive. Even if it's not for a pay. You're sowing a certain seed in your heart. Make time to reflect. I think that's the last one I'll say. I was also going to say make time to dream. But make time to reflect. Uh, do you have a moment in the day where you sit and just assess, okay, how was I today? Do you know that's a moment when you can tell who you didn't talk to nicely and who you did? Like, how did I do today? How did I handle this? How did I handle that situation? Sometimes allow your day to play, to play through you and so that you know where you need to adjust and what you need to hold on to. Even what worked, allow it, like rethink what worked. The challenge with not rethinking what worked is that you may never be able to replicate it. So have time to actually reflect. How did this go? How come this went well like this? What did I do differently today? What happened like this? What happened like this? What happened like this? And those are usually the best times to have conversations with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is very honest. He will not pamper your ego. The Holy Spirit. Try. Just try going to the Holy Spirit and say, Ine. Imagine. The Holy Spirit. That's not how it works. The Holy Spirit will never pamper your ego or your pride. The Holy Spirit is very honest. Have, these are things that you should do daily. Before you know it, you're growing. And you're growing. How many of you have been blessed today?
I want to lead you in a prayer, so I want you to say after me. It's a prayer I want you to make. And it's actually in the scriptures, and the Spirit of God just reminded me just now. Psalm 90, verse 12. Psalm 90, verse 12. Psalm 90, verse 12. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One, two, three, read. Can you make that your prayer? Pray in that direction just for a moment. Lord, I thank you because every day is a privilege. Every day is an opportunity to get closer and closer to destiny, to the divine destiny that you've set for me. And therefore, Lord, I ask that you teach me how to count the worth of each day. You teach me how to understand the worth of each and every day. Teach me how to count the worth of each day. That I may make the right decisions. That I may do the right things. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Lord, do not withhold your rebuke from me. Do not withhold your guidance from me. Do not withhold your correction. Teach us, Lord. Teach us. Now, I saw in the spirit someone listening to me and this specific individual, group of individuals, it's been as if every day, instead of pulling you closer to your divine destiny, has been going further from it. I lift up my hands and I speak over you that your destiny realigns. It comes back to realignment. And this is what I speak over you. The blessing to redeem your days. The blessing to redeem those opportunities. Some of them which were wasted, some which the devil stole from you. Those opportunities are redeemed. I release divine catch-up sessions. I release divine phone calls, divine meetings with people, divine interventions to catch up. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Your strength is renewed. It says, they shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not go weary. You are running and you are catching up. In the name of Jesus. It says, pursue, overtake, and recover all. In the name of Jesus, that which you have lost, you recover it in Jesus' name. Hey! Amen. It is done. Glory to God! Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed, and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com. Or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.